0: Welcome to Big Sky Writer, the podcast for storytellers of all shapes and sizes. Whether you write novels, teach classes, or just tell your friends what you did last weekend, if you're a storyteller, this podcast is for you. Here's the host of Big Sky Writer, Clint Mori. Thank you, Mark, and thank you for dropping by to listen. Now, despite the title of this episode, The Ballad of the Cookie Jar, I have no intention of singing to you. And if you've ever heard me sing, you should realize I just gave you a great gift. You're welcome. Today I'd like to tell you a story from my childhood. My stepmother had just baked a batch of chocolate chip cookies. The smell of those freshly baked cookies filled the house. They were very enticing smells. My brother and I weren't allowed to touch the cookies while they were going through what they referred to as their cooling stage, however, we were allowed to look at them. And we did. And we smelled them. And we looked at them. And we smelled them. And we... well, I think you get the idea. Well, we were excitedly looking forward to some freshly baked cookies. I mean, come on, right out of the oven. We're talking awesome. But we didn't get to eat them right out of the oven. We had to wait for them to cool. And so we waited. And we were sure our time had arrived. But that's when our dad broke the news to us. Our parents were going out for a while. And we were not supposed to touch the cookies while they were gone. Now, I don't think they had a lot of trust in us because our dad placed the cookies into a cookie jar, one of those ceramic jars that sat on the kitchen sink, and told us, well, perhaps told isn't quite capture the feeling. He was a little stronger than telling. He warned us not to eat any of those cookies. We, of course, agreed that we would be good and the cookies would be safe, I mean, what else is a kid supposed to stay at that moment when his dad gives him an order like that? Well, they left. Now, I know what you may be thinking, but you are wrong. My brother and I were good. Well, at least for a while. But those cookies, we could still smell them. And although we couldn't see them, we knew where they were inside that cookie jar. Now, I don't remember if it was my brother or myself who first lifted the lid off that jar, and we only wanted to look at them, honest. Well, sort of honest. One thing we noticed, the cookie jar was full. I mean, the lid barely fit on. As we stared at the contents of that jar, those cookies were beautiful, beautiful. And then one of us, there's no reason to name names here, took a cookie from the jar. It was a shocking move, but we looked at the jar, then we looked at each other, and then we looked back at the jar, and then we smiled. The cookie jar still looked full. We had removed a cookie from the cookie jar, but no one could tell. Now, I have to admit that we enjoyed that cookie, and we knew we would not get into any trouble because no one could tell the cookie jar was still overflowing, and that made us think. Perhaps, if we showed a little ingenuity, we could maybe finagle one or two more cookies out of the jar and still appear blameless. It was an intellectual challenge to be sure. There were complex math considerations, angles, volume, calculations, spatial relationships. Like I said, it was an intellectual challenge. And so we did what people facing an intellectual challenge normally do. We took two of the cookies and ate them. And then we set about to cover our tracks took a little more work this time to rearrange the remaining cookies in the cookie jar. We actually had to take some out and reposition them at different angles so the cookie jar still looked full. It wasn't perfect, but it was pretty good. The cookies weren't stuffed over the top, but they did reach the top, and we thought this might work. We could get away with it. And those cookies? <laughs> oh, man, those were good cookies. Well, time passed. <laughs> In fact, it seemed like they had been gone for a long, long time. Now, just looking back on that event from the advantage point of being a father now, I, I wonder how two adults could have left two young boys who had nothing to do except smell freshly baked cookies and occasionally walk into the kitchen and stare at a cookie jar. How they could have left them alone in the house with that jar and those cookies. It doesn't seem like a very good move on their part. Well, the time continued to go very slowly. I have to admit, we were starting to get hungry. Uh, Well, hungry might not be the right word. Uh, There was food in the house, but we didn't want just food. We were craving another cookie, one of those special delicious, freshly baked cookies. Now this time, we knew it would take a massive engineering feat, but we were up to it. So we each took a cookie out of a jar and enjoyed consuming it. And then we focused on our task. We removed most of the cookies from the jar and tried replacing them in the jar at different angles, balancing them on top of one another, now, I have to admit, our first attempts were not very successful. But we were determined and continued our efforts. We replaced, we stacked, we manipulated, we balanced. Over and over, we tried. But this time, no matter what we did, we could never get the remaining cookies to look like they filled up the cookie jar. They were way below the lid. That meant one thing. When our dad returned and checked the cookie jar, we wouldn't be able to explain what happened to the cookies. In short, we were dead. So we did the only thing we could think of. We each ate another cookie. And it's not that so much that we wanted another cookie at that point. It was more like, we need a last meal before the moment of judgment arrives. And a cookie seemed like the best last meal we could think of. Well, eventually, our dad did return home, and he did check the cookie jar. I remember watching my dad lift the lid off the cookie jar, and then I have no memory of what happened next. I'm serious. Now, I don't know if it's because of my age. It was a long time ago, or if it was some psychological defense mechanism that blocks those things that you don't want to remember in life. Somehow, however, I don't think my dad gave us a gentle verbal reprimand. Now you have to remember, this was the time before political correctness came into our society, but even had it been there, my dad was not into the politically correct mode of discipline. Uh, I share this moment for a reason and does not encourage you to study math and engineering, although those are great topics to study. I share this story because I found that throughout my life, I have often taken the cookie jar approach when it came to having done something I shouldn't have done. My first response was to rearrange things so it didn't look like I had done anything wrong. And especially if I got away with that, I often repeated the thing I shouldn't have done in the first place. Only this time it took a little more creativity and effort to make it look like I hadn't done anything wrong. I think we often refer to this as CYA, and sometimes that appears to work and you get away with it. But then sometimes, when I had done the action so many times that I knew my rearranging things wouldn't explain away what I had done, I just jumped in with both feet and continued the action, not even making an effort to cover my tracks. Now, for those of you who know what I'm talking about, I have some good news for you. It's really very good news. God, the creator of the universe, knows everything about you. He knows when you made that first misstep and were able to cover it up so no one else could find out. He knows when you did it again and did your best to continue to cover it up. He knows when you gave up even trying to cover it up and just plowed right in and continued doing that same thing over and over and over. How can that be good news? Well, it's good news because God loves you. See those bad things that we know we shouldn't do? The Bible calls them sin. And God says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, you may be thinking that if the Bible says everyone does it, then surely it can't be a big deal. But you're wrong. The Bible also says the wages of sin is death. If everyone is a sinner and the wages of sin is death, how can that be good news? That's where it comes back to that first topic. God loves you. Now, you may have seen someone holding up a sign that said John 3, colon 16 on it at some sporting event and wondered, what in the world is that all about? Well, John 3:16 is a saying from the Bible. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It also says in another place that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, that first verse I read about the wages of sin is death. That was just the first half of a sentence. Let me read the entire sentence to you. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is the good news. No matter what your sins are, and they may be as little as a boy uh, lying to his dad and stealing a cookie, or they may be much more serious. Whatever your sins are, God offers you forgiveness for those sins, the opportunity to have a personal relationship with him, and a glorious eternal destiny. In fact, it says in the Bible that all who did receive him to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That is good news. It's so good, in fact, that right now I feel like breaking into a song and singing about it, but I said I wouldn't. You still owe me for not doing that. So instead, let me share a blessing with you from the Old Testament. May the Lord bless and protect you. May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. Until the next time, be the reason someone smiles today.